You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastors Luke and Megan Turner. How are y'all? Good morning. Is it still, is there still like a chill in the air out there? There was when we, when we got here this morning. Is it it's out there? Fall. It's fall. felt like fall. It for feels the- like fall, which feels like football. Which feels like oysters, which feels like hunting season. It's the best time of the year it's, for me. Yeah. I, I don't see much crimson or orange today following yesterday. Um, you know, if you're a Carolina fan, it's hard to wear that today. But if you're a Clemson fan, it's hard to wear it today, too. But how many Braves fans do we have we out there? We all Braves, right? <laughs> yes. We'll pick a winner and go with it. I got it. <laughs> I love that. So I'm Megan and this is Luke and we're really excited to talk to you this morning. We get the wonderful task of talking about parenting and it's interesting because when when thinking about writing a, a parenting message and putting something together, there are so many different facets of parenting. There are things that are really, really big deal and then there are things that you know, it's, it's just not a big deal. It's more of the daily mundane things that you have to do, but you still have to do both of them, whether it's a big deal or whether it's, it's not. And so talking about the whole parenting, it's just, just a lot. There's a lot of things to talk about. So um, we thought that it would be fun to show them a video, to show you guys a video of, of some parenting we had to do this week. Uh, specifically, the dad role was was needed. I don't know if I could have handled the situation. Well, I, I have a house full of girls, so my, my world is much different than I grew up in. And this video is a good glimpse of- We have three girls. We have a 13, almost 14 year old who yeah. thinks she's like 17-ish. And then, no, I'm just kidding. They all think that. And the 11 year old and a 10 year old. Yeah. Um, and so they were out- and I'm watching the football game. We're watching the football game. Friday. And I hear the, a blood curling scream that I swore there was a drive-by and seven bullets were gonna be in one of my daughters. Like, I like, yeah. gotta get out there. So this is, this is last Friday night at our, at our house on, on the front porch. I'll be stuck. What's the question is, what, what's time. Did you hear what she said? There, there's a snake. Okay. There, it's the one in the right here. You can, y'all can play it. The one in the purple shorts right here. She, she identifies the snake first. Right here. She sees it. I love that she runs back over the snake. They all run back over the snake. <laughs> okay. Um, so. So you like, think. Parenting. That right? scream. Every dad's like, oh, God. I mean, I haven't seen Luke in the front move yard. that fast in 16 years and four uh, months. No, seriously. <laughs> Luke was off the couch and out the front door before. I mean, you were ready to defend oh, your God. house. I thought Jeffrey Dahmer was in the front yard. Uh, it was. <laughs> And so you go out there, and this, this is what we find right here in the, the front. That's barely a snake. Uh, but, 
Somebody, it's a snake. That, <laughs> that's a snake. And if that would have been me on the front porch, we wouldn't have been showing that video this Sunday you know. morning. Church. I'd have passed. She's a passer outer. <laughs> I would have passed. We gotta tell that story one day. One day, but it's not on the script right here today. And you're known to stay on the script, so. <laughs> Um, no, so, but being, we've learned a lot. And, and so this series for us as, as being parents has been so fun. You know, when God takes something and, and just kind of does like a re-up on the inside of you, just, he kind of gives you new, fresh vision. It's like you needed that pep talk and you're ready to go for another season. At the same time, giving you a paradigm shift of, you know, I've always seen it this way. And now he's given me a new way to see it for us. And that's what this whole last series has been. It really has, it's just been great for us. And so um, what happened is the way that this works is we have these planning meetings in the week and we sit down as a team and the speaker will come and kind of talk about what they're gonna talk about. And then as a team, we will share our personal experiences, our thoughts on the message and just kind of help each other build this, the weekend services. And so we were talking through this, this structure that we've been going over and Luke, whenever I, I met Luke and Luke and I started dating, Luke was not walking with the Lord. And so he was sharing his journey from where he was to where he is now. And this being something that gave him such a good visual of, of what he's trying to create. And as he started sharing, you know, scripture says that people's life will be changed when they hear the word of your testimony. And your testimony is your story. And so when people hear what God does and has done in your life, it moves them. And so as Luke started sharing this in his authentic journey, um, he talked him right, himself right into giving the message himself. So he got done sharing what it was like for him. And everybody was like, all right, that's it. Good, Luke, you're taking that Sunday morning. Not talking and planning anymore. And, uh, <laughs> and so what we would like to do this morning is kind of take you through what this looked like where we were and how we're, we are personally working on trying to create this in our house. And hopefully, um, let God do something in all of our lives as we do that. So if we could just start back at the beginning. So there was no children in the beginning, right? In the beginning of me and Luke. So we're going to replace wife. We're going to replace wife. That's going to be me. Such a pretty wife right there. Such a pretty. Yeah. Say that two more times right here. And I'm gonna get this. All right. This is going to be husband. This is going to be Luke. Oh, it's so strong. Why do you say it like that? <laughs> Okay, so this is, this is you, and that's me, um, and we are like a lot of years ago, like 18 years ago, so we're young. We were at college. 18 years ago. That sounds, that sounds like I a should month. have said seven. Seven years ago, no. Um, and so this, was this your vision? Tell me, if I were gonna take you as a Luke, where, Tell them, help everybody get on the same page with, where were you? What, did you have a, a, a Bible, Jesus Christ foundation? Like was, was all of you standing firm on that? No, no, I had no vision. Really, I was playing sports to see how far it could get me. And then I had to figure out something when that ended. And so uh, marriage was not on my mind, family, nothing. Uh, Lord wasn't on my mind. I, I really had, was just living life really at the place where there was no vision for anything that was good, pretty much. <laughs> you, I, I feel like that that's a great analogy with the sports and business. I feel like would have been, yeah. you had, sports had kind of been such a major part of life. And then you knew when that season was, was over, you were ready to 
launch into the business world. Right. He loves a challenge, loves something hard, loves a competition. And so I think forging your way through being a successful businessman would have been, um, when easy, we met, easy transition. When we, right. When we met, he did not, you didn't want to get married. No. Um, he was like, marriage, nothing sounds more boring to me than marriage. Um, I didn't see any marriages that really looked that fun. Yeah. You know, it was like. Well, you were having a lot more fun I, than all the married people. Yeah. You see yeah. old men at Bojangles just talking about how terrible marriage was. It's like, don't <laughs> sign me up for that. You know? <laughs> um, really and then, but you really didn't have, now your dad was a great Christian man, loves the yes. Lord, great character, valued his family, a lot of fun, a tither, a prayer warrior, but that never translated to, into anything personal for you. Right. So even growing up, like you went to church, but at this point when I met you, church was not on the radar. It was in your daily morning, noon and night and evening and all the time in between didn't have anything to do with Jesus. No. Right? No. But um, those values were in me, almost like Pastor Mike said a couple weeks ago, you end up valuing what your parents value, right. but you don't really know it until you become a parent. Right. Which is, I think, why when you met me, I do think that what was put on the inside of you, you saw yeah. there was something yeah. that was different. So... Um, for me, I, I, I loved the Lord and I thought that Luke was beautiful and I wanted to husband him up. Like, like I was like that right there. But there was the problem, there was the problem that that didn't exist in his life. And so really, I, you know, you, you, I felt so strongly for him. I, and we're not dating at this time, we're just friends. But I did have the thought, like, could this work? Like if I love Jesus enough, could I be a strong enough Christian enough that like, could this work? <laughs> um, no, it, I, I knew that that couldn't. This is, n no, this is unequally yoked. This is what the Bible calls. So I'm like, so then at this point, then this is where I get a lot of phone calls from women in the church and they wanna meet with me and we sit down and they're like, so remember when you told that story on stage and you were like, Luke didn't love the Lord at all, but then y'all got together and he, he started to love the Lord. How can I, this guy that I'm dating, how can I get him to love the Lord the way that you got Luke to love the Lord? And I'm like, that is not, it's not how it happened. I did not date Luke until he gave his heart to the Lord. That, so don't meet with me and ask me how to, how to make that happen. Um, but there was a season, babe, where it changed. Oh, see. <laughs> That's a good example of what happened. <laughs> there was a season of where it changed and you did decide. It was like God gave you a vision for, for being a husband a God, and a godly loving man. And this thing began to shift in you. Oh yeah, 100%. I, when, I, when I had my encounter with God, I, I gave my life to the Lord and it was the same time around when we were getting together all of a sudden I gave my life to the Lord and it was like he painted this picture of what life could be, what marriage could be. And it was just the beginnings of, oh wow, the, my future could have this with me. And, and so over the next year and a half of my life, he literally painted a picture of here's the family and here's what it could look like. And here, but it, he birthed something in me that I never ever desired or wanted. And, and it, was, it was this, I would come to know later that this was it. This was what he had for you. Yeah. So, so now he gives his heart to the Lord, but now here is an, a really interesting journey is I'm trying to decide, cause I don't, I don't want somebody. Don't. You need help with these? No, no, I'm good. You stay right there. This is all off script. So I have it's, no idea where she's not, going. Babe, 
We weren't even supposed to touch these boxes. It's not off script. On the top of the notes, it says recap. This is the recap. See, see, you got to be careful with the recap. Okay. So here is what I'm trying to, here's what I'm trying to figure out at this point. So he's given his heart to the Lord, but just because someone checks the Christian box doesn't mean they're going to be someone that their whole entire life, which is the way they live, the way they treat you, the way they treat their family is all based on this. Does that make sense? So it's, it's like he single gave his heart to the, up. what? Single people, listen up. Single people, all the single people. <laughs> These boxes got me a little bit out of it. They're light. They're Baby, so light. you are working right now. <laughs> Um, but it was kind of like this. So he gave his heart to the Lord, so he made for the first step, but like this. So it was kind of like this. Does that make sense? And I'm trying everything I can. I'm like, don't you want to go to this? And don't you want to go to that? And don't you want to quit doing that? And like, I'm trying to force that and that doesn't work. So I remember watching, like Luke talked about that first year and a half, literally who he was became someone that was so in love with the Lord and someone that was so grounded on scripture and someone that wanted to have his family grounded on Jesus. And so it was like, all this began to come in place. And I'm like, oh, we about to buy a dress. We about, (laughs) right? And so then we get married and I'm like, a year or two into it, I'm like, don't you, don't you think you wanna have a baby? I remember saying, I just want something to take care of. Like I, I need to hold something and, and nurture something and I need something to love. And he was like, I wet the bed, you know, whatever it takes. Take care of me, He was like, take baby. care of me, what, love and hold me. And I'm like, hey, I need yeah. it to be like dependent on me. And he literally said, I'll wet the bed, you just take, uh, yeah. But then we, this did happen, and actually, we actually gave, we actually have three of these. So this is very, this is a very tall structure. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna push these back. So babe, actually, this I've got a video. I found some of your old college buddies, so people could really get an idea of how big of a journey this is. Found a video of some of your old college buddies talking yeah, right. about. That's not funny. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You couldn't show that. <laughs> You need help, Thanks. baby, here you go. No, baby, just stay right there, really, stay. Well, you're out of breath, I just, <laughs> I need you to finish this message. <laughs> you gotta have breath. Um, no, that, was, that really is exactly what happened. And so I think what is fun is hearing you talk about you walking into this very room for the first time and experiencing the shift that can happen to anybody else that's in here. And it was that shift that really made you who you are today. And so help us walk us through a few things. There's a dad in here or a single guy in here or a single woman or someone far from God. And they say, where you knew nothing. How did you get to this? Like what are, what are my steps so that it makes me a better person, a better parent? Talk, talk me through that. Uh, well, the first step is, is find someone to follow. I, when I came in, like I said, I had no desire to be married. Um, but when I got here, I found people that followed Christ. That for the first time, I was like, wow, that really works for them. I, I really want what they have. And that led me to a decision to follow him. And then I saw marriages that I was like, that looks really fun to like grow old and actually have a healthy marriage. And then the families. And so I would come in here and I would listen to the message, but I would see so many role models and so many visions of what family could be that really never were there. Um, And so 
I just, I just went after it full bore. Um, but the biggest thing I can say is find somebody you can follow. I don't know if y'all watch Monday Night Football, but uh, Peyton and Eli Manning, who are two going to be two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, they take the game, and while you're watching the game, you get to watch two Hall of Fame quarterbacks dissect the game, and they, they break down every part of the game. And I love watching it way more than I do with the normal announcer because I love thinking through how and what and what to be prepared for. You love their knowledge of the game. Yes. They're not, like when they're talking about a play that should have been called or a play that wasn't called or when they're like, oh, they're about to run this, they're about to run this, they need to look out for that. Or you love hearing that wisdom. Well, you can watch a game and not realize there's so much going on. Right. And there's so much going into it. And so I, I grew up in a sports world where I had a coach who did everything he could to make me a better player. And that meant we would do film session. We would, he would go back through the game and he'd say, all right, in this part, what were you thinking? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? A few four letter words, but it was all motivating down the road. You know, I, I tell Meg every now and then, you need to cuss at me a little bit just so I, it's my love language. No. Um, I gotta know you're serious, you know what I mean? But I, but I loved that world of somebody wanting me to be better and the way we strategically did that was, was how sports was. And then if you think about business, you do the same thing. You get around people who are really good and they, they're making a lot of money and their business is successful and you'll spend a, thousands of dollars to go to these conferences to learn how to be a better businessman. And what I ended up finding out was, or realizing was I was getting that with family. And there's nothing more important than family. And when I came right here to this church, I got to see the Pastor Mikes and the Stan Halls and the Keith Braces and the Eddie Tillies who were running families the way that I wanted to run a family. So I had to figure out, it wasn't like a, I'm gonna go have lunch with, with Pastor Mike. I had to follow Pastor Mike because what he said up here was great. But when I wanted to watch how he handled people in the parking lot. I wanted to see how he handled his daughters. I wanted to see how he handled his wife. Because to me, his wife and his family were so blooming and so blossoming. I had to have a picture to make the Bible make sense. Does that make sense? I had a tough time understanding the Bible. And it still feels like it's in Greek sometimes to me. But when I can take those scriptures and I can put a face on them and say, this is how you do it. To me, it made it so much more simple. And so I've literally chased that example and trying to be an example for, you know, the best I can, because it's just so much easier to watch somebody else do what you're trying to do. It is. And it's actually when the Great Commission, which is one of the things that Jesus talks about before he leaves. And he says, and you can find it in each one of the gospels, but he talks about leaving and he says, I want you to go and make disciples teaching them. So he didn't say, like, for all of us, we need to get in the scripture and try to figure it out on, her, on our own. He says, pull up with someone, the old teach the young. And you fit, find people and you figure it out. So Luke, did, you didn't even realize at that point that that was scripture. It was just made the most sense. It's and, kind of the life I live. Right. I mean, like, just basically having devotions, like basically basic stuff you got with people that you saw doing it right. So if you yeah. see someone doing it right and you spend your time with them. Well, in sports, you had the, I mean, devotions. How many of you have a devotion in the morning? You read the Bible and you're like, ah, I still feel like, like that. I mean, when you're in sports, you get up for a 5 a.m. workout, you think it's the craziest thing, but you're doing it because one day down the road, it's going to matter in the fourth quarter. And there was so much about the Bible that I was realizing that sports and all this go together. Mm -hmm. I'll read that devotion and I may not feel anything in that moment, but I know the way I handled my kid later was because I took the time to 
to weather that storm with the Lord, if that makes sense, yeah. to, to bring him in. Um, one of the t things that I remember being one of the most shape-shifting moments, just in a practical way, was, um, you know, was when dad had a talk with you about um, being present. Yeah. And that was, seemed like it was a big... Yeah, when I, when I first started here, so he's obviously my boss as well, and my father-in-law, so... <laughs> Be careful there. Um, but I remember having the struggle of, uh, there was a need at the house, I had to go home, but I felt like I needed to be at work. And I still remember we were upstairs and he has this talk with me about um, that I, you know, it's gonna be, it's good to be good at work, but you need to be great at home. And that always needs to be number one. And I remember I, I left that meeting and I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't even know what that, but over the next season, I watched under that microscope of what it looks like. And at the same time, he's teaching me how to be present and not just in the room. And I would, I would come home, so I would, hey, I got off work early, I'm coming home today, and I could still be in work, but yet be at home. You know that like turn it off mode that sometimes can be hard? The and he taught me how to lay my hands on my head and pray for myself and disconnect from work because you've gotta be on when you get home. And I still remember all these things. And, but being the present, I, I just, I struggled with that. I wasn't good at it, but I, but I could put myself in the same room. And I remember one day, all his talks made sense. I came in, little Blakely, my oldest is crawling around the floor and I got down on the floor with her. And when I did, she just a big old gummy smile. And I realized I can be in the room and not be in the room. I got to get on their level to be in their life. And that was just one of the many that thousand I feel like things is, I've now learned. That is, is a continual practice, even now going into teenager years, that can sometimes even be harder when they're little. To oh, yeah. forced, because their world, they, it's a little bit like an alien took over a, a little bit. Oh my gosh. So getting in their world is, it's a- it's But, but it's, it's an art and the enemy will do everything he can to keep you busy enough not to get down in their world. Yeah. And when you're not in their world, you're not in their world. And you can't help them decide things. You can't help them deal with the bully. You can't help them figure out their day. You, you have to be in those conversations. You have to know how to ask the questions to get the answers you're looking for. You have to know how to get in there and mold that clay. You can't just look at the clay and hope it's gonna get molded. One of the things that I thought was interesting, yeah. One of the things that, um, that is interesting, and when I love it when you compare it to football and having mentors, because he does love, Monday night whenever they're on there, y'all, he loves watching it. And he always tries to you know, inform me of how intelligent these guys are about the game of football. So it's neat watching him do the same thing in life. And he will put himself around men that challenge him. It's just a very big deal. Like who he does life with closely is gonna be someone that challenge, he wants his life to look like. Um, and it just makes sense when we were talking through this and, and he made the comment, he said, you know, like a coach on the sideline, I'm called to coach my family. And so a coach on the sideline, I remember asking, why are they on the phone? Why are they on the phone in the middle of the football game? And so it, like he was like somebody up in the box that can see the game from a different view. And so find a mentor, someone to disciple you that can see the game from a different view, that can see plays and stuff that is coming that you can't see that have been playing and seeing this enemy who you're playing against for a lot longer than you have. Like there are men that you can put in your life and women that you can put in your life that know the strategies of the enemy. And so it'd be crazy to, to not pick up the phone. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm trying to deal with middle school girls right now and all the stuff that comes with middle school. And one day 
uh, one of my daughters will come home and she'll be like, little Emily said I'm ugly. And I'm like, yeah, well you tell little Emily that I think you're beautiful. <laughs> Two days later, little Billy said I'm beautiful. Like, well you tell little Billy he's gonna meet me on the playground. <laughs> how, about, how about that, little Billy? And then I could hear Pastor Mike come in and he's like, don't do that. They're gonna stop talking to you. Uh, it's funny because I think that it's true. I think that um, it, you don't always feel prepared. No. And so I think that just because even though having mentors and you're, you're on the, you have no idea what's gonna happen in the game. And so do you feel like now, this many years into marriage and with kids at 13 years of parenting, do you feel like ever do you wake up and you're like, I'm killing it. I mean, I, this is. Parenting's I'm, humbling that way. The moment you feel like you're doing good, wham, you get a call from the teacher and you're like, yeah. oh man, I still stink. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's, it's, I mean, I, how, can you even be pre like prepared? Is there, I feel like in our life with this, just a few instances where I'm like, we are not prepared for this is like the other day when you're sitting watching the Braves game. Yeah. And the bottom of the eighth, the, the Dodgers just took the lead. I'm locked in. I'm so you're up later than you normally would yes, have been, but the Braves which, are playing. So you're already tired. Yes. So you're tired. And so literally, you know, looks there and one of our girls comes and sits down in the chair next to him. And she asks the deepest life challenging question. And she's like, do you think we can talk about this? And looks like, of course we, of course we can talk about this. Where did you hear that from? Like, where did this, where did this come from? And she's like, I saw it on a commercial. Um, but I, you're thinking, I'm not prepared for this. Like, I'm not yeah. prepared for this. It, we all have heard us, some of us have shared the story about when we had the talk with, with some of our, with the girls mm. at, at the age appropriate time. And Luke was determined to have the talk with them because he says that guys are, gonna, are not gonna be afraid to approach our girls on that topic. So he's not gonna be afraid to, to help them navigate through Which it. Which is easier said than done. It is easier. <laughs> Because the birds and the bees is a, is a serious talk, but nowadays you got the birds and the birds and the birds that like the bees and the bees that so, want to be birds is, is way more complex than it used to be. You know, it was just the birds and the bees. So it's not just I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why things are the way they are. It's, somehow I'm supposed to tell you how to deal with this. So we have the talk. The first one, as, as most of you have heard, the first one, he's all prepared, prepared, right? And, um, and so we sit down and we are like 37 minutes into the, the talk and Luke hasn't stopped crying. And I don't mean crying. I mean, sobbing, blubbering, like he couldn't finish his words. And I was like, I got this, babe. I, I, you just sit here and I got this. I, I failed now. <laughs> and then, and then the second one, we have the talk and we get all the way through and we're done. And I feel like it was a much better present. Oh yeah, I'm totally composed, got it all together, got drawings. I'm, I mean, they're gonna learn some stuff today. Yeah. And I'm fully through it, finished the thing and, the, and you're, I'm waiting for Kenley to look at me. She goes, I don't believe you. She said, you, like, just, what? you just made that up. Luke was like, no, I did it. And she was I like, yes, you me. did, that doesn't happen. He's I like, make yes, up a does. lot of things, but this is not one of them. I don't <laughs> so there are so many times that you just, you don't, you are not prepared. But the bottom line is, listen, this is really important. God called you to the kids in your life. Like, yeah. you know, we might make mistakes every day. God doesn't. And so you are the coach for your team. God says in scripture, it says, I formed you before you were in your mother's womb. I formed you and I appointed you. 
And so the, the, what you have in your life is what God knew your children needed in your life. And so don't let the enemy feed you any reason why you are not adequate enough to be a parent. Do not, and so for Luke and I, you know, for us, for our team, over my dead body, am I gonna sit in the parking lot and let some other coach teach my girls the plays for the game? We will teach them what defense we're gonna run. We will teach them the offense that we're on. Like these are our values. This is the way that we do life. So the enemy, if he can get you out of the game, somebody's gonna coach them. So, and, but you have exactly what they need. I, I think that's hard to keep that in front of you and to remember that. Yeah, and I think we beat ourselves up a lot, you know, because of what, whether our past or decisions we've made that count us out as good parents. And, or we watch somebody like Pastor Mike come up here and teach, and you're like, oh man, he would be a better father to my kids. And the truth is, it's not true. You would be the best father or mother to your kids, but you can learn from them. Just because people are teaching you doesn't mean you're not the best person for it. And just because your decisions or your mistakes that you've made does not mean you're not the best person for it. But that doesn't mean you're gonna feel like you're ready to do it. Yeah. Um, I do think that part of the difficulty in parenting is that even though I, I can know that I'm called and I can know that I'm in for the game, and this is not just even with parenting, this is just having a God-loving life. Like sometimes life just gets exhausting. And so I can, I can be here on Sunday morning and I can be charged up and ready to take on the world. But then by Wednesday, it's like things are heavy. You know, and so how do you keep that God calling on the inside? Of you? How do you keep it on the inside of you that he formed me, he appointed me, he has a plan for me, and I have a position in this game. How do you keep that thing fresh and alive in you? Because it is doggone exhausting. Like, I don't know about your kids, but mine want to eat like three times a day every day. <laughs> Actually, and then snacks in between. And I, that might sound simple, but that's a lot. It is a lot, like I get done fixing breakfast and I'm like, I did it, I killed that breakfast. That was a big breakfast. And then I'm like, man, I got to pack lunch. So how do you stay, how do you stay on that front line? How do you stay coaching and not just? Well, I think, and this is what helps with the equipping thing too. I know at the end of the day, whether I feel equipped or not, they're my responsibility. Yeah. And it is my job to make this team as great as they can. And, and that falls on me. So whether I didn't have a good childhood or I did, it, at the end of the day, I still have to get my family to be the best that they can be. Um, and, and so I have to give them something that is authentic, that is real, and I have to give them my best. And I have to go back to that experiences with God. When I have experience with God and time with God, I'm full to now give out. When I don't, the culture is different. Yeah. Does that make sense? So this, this creates a culture in the home and an aroma in the home. And what is that aroma that's in your house? Is it of life and joy and happiness or is it of pressure and pain and stress and those kinds of things? When the Bible talks about that, the fruit of the spirit, like the fruit of being with God is like in his presence, we're changed. And the fruit of that, the result of that is love and of joy and peace and patience and kindness. And the reality is you don't have that to give if you don't have it. And the only way, yeah, the only way to get that is to get with God. And, and so that if, if the enemy can keep you from that time with God, then, then our tanks run empty. And now we're trying to give out of something that is, is just an empty well. And so I guess the, the question would be then, if, if I can't give what I don't have, how do, you, how do you get that continuously, keep that thing full on the inside? 
the, the way I like to realize it is like, if, if I start with my first experience with God at the men's retreat, yeah. when I totally wanted to the, leave. The men's retreat's a funny story that we've definitely shared a lot, but I wanted Luke to get this thing right. And so I told him that he needed to go to the men's retreat because my dad paid for him to go. And I told my dad that Luke wanted to go on the men's retreat, but he didn't have the money. So I totally lied to get him to this situation, to, trying to make this thing happen. But what's neat is the real experience that happened. I don't know if, how yeah. deep you shared with that. Well, it, essentially I was about to leave the retreat because I felt so bad about who I was and what I was doing. Um, I was just full of guilt and shame. And, and I thought if everybody knew who I really was, they wouldn't let me in this room. Um, and I literally was about to leave. And, and I, the, next, the next night, I remember standing in the back of the room and I'm like, this, this, this is not for me, this is not for me. And somebody put their arm around me and walked me up to the front. And I remember looking back and there was nobody there. And I was like, what in the world? So I knew that was the Lord telling me to go up front, I got you. And, I, and I, it was like I jumped out of a helicopter and just hoped there was a parachute. Uh, and, and there was, and I, and I take that moment and I'm like, if he could get me to follow him, he can help me be a better parent. And it's that same stuff that happened. If he can turn my life around. Yeah, I think, that, I think it's what is so real is when you talk about that moment, because no matter where anybody is in that room, I think we all need those encounters with the Lord, whether you're a parent or just any person. I, well, it, it, and being the perfect parent is different than being a great parent. I'm never going to be a perfect parent, but I'm going to do my best to be a great parent. And the same grace I need to give myself is oftentimes what I need to give my kids. Yeah. But I feel like that moment when you have, when you talk about it at the men's retreat, because that was the first time you would say you experienced God's presence. Yeah. Um, so you, you had messed up. Like it wasn't like one of the lines you always say is people think they have to be perfect to come to church and to come to God. And you think he actually wants the opposite. He wants the brokenness. Yeah. And so it was in that moment. Well, I don't of, think you can get to the brokenness until you're real about the brokenness. And there's this weird play that the enemy does that as long as we're not broken, we can come to church. And it's just, I think it's, it's totally true. backwards. And so it was in that moment. Now you said the way that you described the moment was I closed my eyes and just simply was a, something inside my heart. And I just said, God, I really want you. I, I want this. You didn't even know what all this was. You just mm -hmm. knew you wanted step one. Yeah. And you feel like it was a really easy step. Like it literally was just like, like a, you just said like, like I want you, like I choose this. Yeah. And from that point, you felt like he met you right there. Yes. Like something felt different right then. Mm-hmm. So like anybody in this room, no matter, like they're hearing you talk and they're like, that's great. I didn't have a dad like that. I'm not a dad. I haven't been a dad like that. Or I'm not even a dad. I'm just a dude. And like, my life is so far from the Lord. It's just that simple. It's that simple. So you have this genuine, authentic relationship with the Lord. And that moment is something you have been recreating in your life with God for the last 16 years, 18 years now. Yeah. Um, tell them about, like, so now you have a really cool analogy about being intentional about recreating those moments with the Lord to keep yourself full. Give them that yeah, analogy. Yeah, so the Lord, I guess, teaches me and moves me through illustrations and visual illustrations. So when we did the boxes, it made a lot of sense to me. It makes it easier. Uh, but one day the Lord gave me this power poles. You, you know the power poles, you got a pole and a 
line comes down that comes back up to the next pole and next pole. And what I realized, and this is kind of crazy, that I have to, if those poles are the experiences I have with the Lord, where he refreshes me, rebuilds me, gives me, gives me vision, for, help, forgives me for the sins that I've committed, all those things, I have to schedule those more often. I have to have those more often. Or like the power line, I will get weak, I'll get low, and I need the next power pole to get me going. And so I, the Lord showed me, you need to have more poles so I can stay where I need, so you can stay where I need you. And I just realized I wasn't doing it. And what's funny thinking about this is, you know, that if you're a child and you don't have enough poles and things go down, it really only affects you. But when your dad, because you think you, this is kind of a set it and forget it, it's not. There are seasons where I feel like I'm like this. There are seasons where I feel like I'm not like this. And what's true is watch what happens when I move. When, when, the, when the enemy can convince me that I don't have purpose, that I don't have call, that I am not making an impact, that I am not, my family goes with me. And that's what I realized. But when I put myself back in place, guess what happens? The family goes right back with me. So I've got to have those poles in place where I know I'm going to bump into the Lord over and over and over again because the success of my family has to do with me. When I think the success of your family is so, yeah. And I think when that happens, because the truth is every one of us are human and having the right people in your life to be able to say, what happened? What, that you, this is not, you're not living on biblical truth. This is not like you've let yourself get out there. And so um, it's, I love the pole analogy because now I can't drive down the road without looking at the power lines and now it's gonna happen to you too. And so every time you look at it and you see the line, you're gonna be like, oh man, my wire is hanging. I'm gonna have to get with the Lord. Like it's definitely a visual that won't leave you. all right, so before they go, tell them really quick, the last, tell them about the song that Blakely let you listen to on the way to school. Uh, yeah, so Monday morning, I think it was, we're driving to school and I got the girls in the back and Blakely, my oldest, says, Dad, do you need any songs uh, for the weekend? And I said, yeah, you got one? She plays this song, y'all, and I am boo-hooing. It's Kane Brown. It's a totally secular song, so forgive me for that, but it's a great song and I'm listening to it and I've as we're pulling into car line where all the teachers are standing. And I feel like that's kind of a judgment zone. It's probably not, forget. But I feel like, oh, here comes the pastor. Let's see what his kids are like today. And I'm crying and the kids are crying. And, oh, it must've been a hard morning at their house. You know, like you, you kind of throw that judgment on yourself. Uh, but it wrecked me. And the reason it wrecked me is because I'm just so passionate about being a dad. I'm, I'm, I'm good at being good at work. I'm good at being a friend, but I wanna be a great dad. I wanna be the best dad I can be. And I think a lot of us are that way. There's a lot of us that see the world going crazy. There's a lot of us see divorce happening. There's a lot of us see things going on. And and the core of us says, I wanna be the best dad I can be. But sometimes I'm not. And we don't forgive ourselves for that. And we we, we think it can hold us back from where we're trying to go. And I I have such a heart for people who didn't grow up with a dad or didn't grow up with that figure. Uh, You look at Chris back here. Chris is one of the best dads I know, but his dad was nowhere to be found. And he figured out how to rely on God, find the people to get around and create an unbelievable family. And that's true for all of us. 
I think the enemy tries so hard to say, you're not equipped as a parent, you don't know what you're doing, the pressures of the world are too big, and you can't take your home back. And I think it's wrong. I think if you have a big enough want to of, I'm going to be the best dad I can be, and God meets you there, it's possible. And that's what I love about this song. Yeah, it, he called me and he was, he was a wreck after he dropped the girls off and he said, it broke my heart, broke me heart, my heart for the men who feel like that it's been this many years and they've blown it as a dad. And it's just, it's never too late. He said, and it breaks my heart for anybody that feels unequipped. He said, and it melted me because God chose me. God chose me for my girls. And he said, and right there in the car, I had a, one of those Holy Spirit moments. It was another one of those pull moments where it was, it was me and God. And so what we wanted to do was we thought, what if we just ha played that song for you guys? And what if just as a congregation, we just prayed and believed from this, and it talks about a dad and it talks about a guy that hasn't had a dad. But what if we put that as a parent? And what if me as a parent, what if me as not even a parent, but what if as a person and from this day forward, I'm gonna be the best that I can be. I want God you to give me a new vision for that my foundation and my strength is your word. Um, and so. And, and that goes for single women, single homes, yeah, let, people who aren't married let's, yet. Let's talk to single women for just a second. Single, single women, listen to me. The Bible says that if you are single, then God will be your husband and he will be a father to the fatherless. So don't ever feel like you are not equipped to be the parent. You are perfectly equipped to be the child that your parent, the, the parent that your child has in their life. So as we listen to the song, our, our vision for you guys is that you just have a moment where you say, doesn't matter what the past is, doesn't matter what yesterday is, doesn't matter how much I've blown it or where I've been as of today, God, I have a new vision, and my vision is your vision for my family and for my life. So. Let's do it. I hope that made y'all cry as much as it made me cry. <laughs> um, but I think the, the, whole, the whole deal is I'm, I'm asking you to step in. There's some of you that have had a, a, a terrible mentor as mom and dad, and there's some of you that are in this place today, and you're probably thinking, golly, how do I, with all that's going on in the world, what do I do? How do I combat it? Well, the truth is you got a stack and you can teach your kids how to follow God. And you can teach your kids how to deal with racism. You can teach your kids how to follow the Lord and love the country and love God and love his family. You can teach it. What happens in the media does not have to happen in your home. What happens in your work does not have to happen in your home. And I just challenge you, especially you dads, pick up the ball today. Some of you are already carrying it. Just re-envision you to hold that ball tight and go after your team. Go after your team. You're so called and you're so equipped to make your family as great as any other. The world's job, it's not the world's job to do that. It's your job. I challenge you with that today. You know, in Malachi, it says that fathers, it says that the, a time is going to come and the fathers are going to turn their head towards the, their, their hearts towards their children. And when they do that, that their children's hearts will turn back towards them. And so I think Luke and I as parents, that our, our belief is that you're going to pick up the ball and that you're going to turn your heart towards God. You're going to choose him all over again. I think whether you're a parent or you're a single person, that's step one is choosing him. I, I've watched this, all this is possible because a choice was made for you to encounter the Lord, to so choose him. And if you're a parent, choose 
Him and turn your face and your heart towards your children in a new way and just watch what God does. Watch the way as you turn your face. Hey, listen to me, no matter what age they are. Luke's older than me and he still needs his daddy. He still needs his mom. They never stop. They never stop. And so before we wrap though, to help us bless, I actually have two very special people that are here. We've been through quite a rough journey the last few weeks. Um, Many of you know, if you guys have gotten an email or been here for the weekends, my mom had a heart attack a few weeks ago. And uh, so this is her first Sunday back. So we're gonna get them to come up and give an update. And then y'all can help us bless them. (laughs) Well, quite frankly, I didn't know I had a heart attack. I thought I had a backache. So ladies, beware. (laughs) A heart attack for ladies sometimes is quite different than for a guy. But I thought I had a really, really bad backache. I thought I tried to lift some furniture and that I just wasn't equipped to do. Um, But the first thing I want to do is I want to thank you, gosh, for your prayers, your cards, your letters, your emails, um, your services, your, I'm telling you, I felt it. When I was in that emergency room, you know, I'm not this really brave kind of person. I'm really not. But there was such an unbelievable peace I didn't feel one minute of fear. And I know it was your prayers. I know that it was your prayers. Um, I was so fortunate that I didn't, um, I, don't have, didn't I don't have any da- heart damage. I had a stent. Now this kind of ran in my family. My mom, my grandma, my brothers, my cousins. So um, it was not really a surprise. But yet it was a surprise because sometimes you never think it's going to really happen to you. But so they put a stent in and uh, it was in the Widowmaker. And I think Mike, I hate to repeat myself, you probably told of all this, but pardon, they put two in the Widowmaker that was completely closed up for a week. I'm telling you, does that make any sense besides God? And then they went back in and he put another one in a couple of weeks later. But I'm telling you, I just want to thank you. You're the best family a girl could have. You are the best. And I I feel absolutely great. That's the only way I know how to describe it. I must have been missing that blood flow for the past 10 years and didn't really realize it. (laughs) I mean, honestly, Bo's not here, but I bet he probably thinks Dean should have known that. I don't... I don't even feel like taking a nap during the daytime. And used to, I was always good for a good nap in the day. But I, I feel great. The doctor said there's no permanent damage anywhere, that I should live a nice, long, healthy life so I can be with you guys. Thank you. And I wasn't sure if I was going to tell this, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Whenever, when, after the first stint, after we came back in and the doctor was showing us the, the heart and where it stopped and there was literally no blood flow. And, um, and, and then he showed where it was blood flow. And as he was, 
after the stint. After the stint. And so, but the moment I saw it, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, not about my heart there, but out the heart, the, the heart of the people who are not, who are allowing things to happen to keep the life blood flow out of their life. And I am really spending a lot of time with the Lord now trying to find out exactly what he meant by that. And when I get it all together, I'm going to come back up here and tell y'all about it, okay? <laughs> I love y'all with all my heart. Thank you. And I've turned out to be a really good nurse, so anybody needs my help, <laughs> you All right, stand up. Let's bless you guys. Dear Lord, we come to you today and we, I know not everybody's gonna do it, but there are some parents out here that said, this is what I needed. Lord, I pray that you revision those parents. Give them a great vision for their family. Give them a great vision for how their house looks, for the culture they create in the home. Let them know that they are the coach of this team. And Lord, I pray that you help us all to be better parents. What a great day it would be to say our parents fought for us more than anybody in this world. Yeah. Lord, I challenge everybody in here to stand up and fight the battles of this world by building great families who will follow you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you are encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.